Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about scale, how you can scale your agency and go ahead. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Jake Goss. How are you? Hey, I'm doing excellent. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's a big pleasure. Sorry for my talk. You know, um, uh, sometimes it's hard to calm down, but yeah, you can see that it's life. life. So yeah, <laughs> because I can fix this noise. Okay, before we start, just uh, tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about uh, scaling agency yeah absolutely so I, I first got into marketing when i was in middle school right when i was 15 and i'm about to turn 31 so i can say i've been doing marketing for nearly half my life so <clears throat> I, I got into building other people's companies with seo and with google uh getting on the top page of google uh just by writing blog posts and back then it was easy right it was so easy like all you had to do is do something um, during that time, I got into crypto too. Uh, mined Bitcoin back when it was four bucks. So I stuck within that same like technical stuff, helping build other people's websites, brands, uh, just freelancing uh, throughout college, always knowing about crypto and stuff. Fast forward to maybe five years ago, um, I had a small team of like three or four other freelancers, and I just focused on the the client getting side of getting. Um, money in, right? Um, I realized that hiring freelancers for $100 an hour to do the work that I would charge, $120 an hour, wasn't really profitable. And then I realized the work that I'm doing is the same, the same repeatable steps again and again. It's it's always the same steps. It's just maybe a little bit different for every client. And this works, uh, you know, this approach works if I'm working with a plumber or a SaaS company or an NFT or crypto company, it's always the same steps that a, a freelancer with this process usually goes through, right? So about, a, you know, last year, uh, we built up and scaled up one single product, uh, one service, and we had 60 employees working under. Uh, so we, we hired five people a day. We wrote all the flow processes, the, the playbooks, the flow diagrams on how to make a sustainable uh, systematic business. And that's what an agency or that's what a company should become, right? For the business owner, I didn't need to do anything. Once you build a, a company and once you build something sustainable, you don't need to do all the freelancer stuff because you've really delegated it. Then. So I'll be talking about that and how a freelancer could start that and they can start with their first employee or maybe they get their first worker, and then they have one or two people that can find them new clients or sales. I'll talk about how to do that. And it's really just the, the key point on that before I dive deeper on that later in this call is you can hire people in the Philippines who have a college degree in English or communications or have, you know, a few years of business experience and you can pay them a good salary of 400 or 500 a month and they will be a lot more efficient than just hiring a, you know, an American off of, you know, right off to college, right? So <clears throat> I, I suggest people go to think about that and then use that to scale that out. Um, and the last part is if you're listening to this and you're trying to help, you know, other companies grow and you're not quite sure where to start, 
um, to just follow where the money's at, right? Um, so if you're trying to get your, you know, your feet wet in, in marketing, usually you work with small businesses or you, you learn a process and you test it out with like individual companies, but where do you, or where should you end up, right? I, I switched to crypto and I added two zeros to my retainer, right? Nice. And I helped them raise millions of dollars instead of helping a, a small business make an extra few thousand dollars a week, right? So, I mean, I can yeah, just dive right in if you yeah, like. Yeah, <laughs> I love your experience. And, you know, uh, let me share my story, why I decided to accept crypto and how I jumped on this field. Now, um, I think that um, I read a lot of articles uh, from Warren Buffett, Bill Gates. They told that crypto is fake, it's fraud, you can't, uh, it's not real money. Uh, then I got uh, a few clients who told me, okay, uh, do you accept crypto? I told them, no, 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 I I, I don't need it. Uh, I'm not going to accept crypto. And they uh, uh, replied to me, okay, okay, I, I'll find someone else. So I got it. No way. No, no. Okay. Well, let me figure out. Then I, I started to learn more about crypto and got it. It's money. It's real money. You can uh, get uh, in USDG or uh, Boost, you know, and you can convert them to real money for a few seconds. So uh, if you don't want to play on this game, on crypto trading, like with Bitcoin or Ethereum or any others, because we have thousands of them. So yeah, you can just uh, have them in stable coin or even to withdraw immediately after getting this payment. Uh, uh, that's why I got it. No way. Uh, it's better uh, to be on this field. And yeah, I think crypto works well. Um, and then, uh, I'm interested about your uh, method of hiring the right people. You mentioned about Philippines, uh, probably other countries. Can you tell how to find the right specialist? For example, if I go to a work and I need a good copywriter or uh, any other uh, experts. Uh, so, you know, I found that many of them have five star ratings, uh, good reviews. But when you are trying to cooperate with them, uh, the result is not the same to their portfolio. Can you tell your experience how to find the right people, responsible people who will provide high quality job? Sure. Uh, this might sound counterintuitive, but this is how I've been. This is how I hired probably 200 people and have them do 100% A plus work. And I hire people who have zero experience. I've hired developers that have zero experience and doing anything blockchain, and then they end up building entire apps. I've hired people who have zero sales experience, like they've never done it before. And then they, mm -hmm. they, they make the company probably 10,000 or 20,000 every every month. I hire people who have no, no, no idea how to run Twitter ads or Facebook ads or any sort of advertising ever. And then within like two or three hours, they can run ads as good as me or anyone else on my team. The, the secret to that is not a secret. It's 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 in all the you know how to scale and how to start you know scale up a business books like the E myth. You have a process, and what that process is, it's a recipe, right? I don't know how to cook the best bowl of like curry, right? I don't know that, but I can ask one of my Indian chef friends and say, "What's your best recipe on making coconut curry?" They'll give me the recipe and it'll say, "Collect these ingredients." the ingredients you can buy on this website or go to this grocery store, get them all in front of you, right? Get us, you know, get a stove, get these, you know, get these pots and pans and then 
turn on the stove to whatever, then you just follow it. One sentence, one picture. Mm -hmm. If someone could read English as good as me, as good as anyone, right? I, I'm American. Our, our English skills are still kind of meh. But if you could give someone a recipe, you don't hire them until they can do the recipe. So if someone has no experience doing ads, but you say, hey, here's an account because you need to have an account. Here's $10. Here's the recipe on how to run ads. And this has to be where the skill is. I can't expect someone else to be at that same level of skill I am. I can only bring them up to how I would do it. So I give them, that's a job interview, right? I'll, okay. I'll, I'll walk through how to bring people to get to that point. But I, I, I put out job application with maybe, you know, I get to like maybe 30 or 100 applications. And the application sounds like, hey, we're looking for someone who's, and then I name the values of the type of person I want. It would be nice if they knew how to run ads. They don't need to. They might have good insight, but if you're if you are 10 out of 10 at running ads, you don't need someone who's also a 10 out of 10 at running ads. You just need someone who's probably diligent, good at analyzing numbers, someone who doesn't like to make mistakes. You don't want to hire someone who's very sociable, um, likes networking with people likes following up and starting conversations is okay with rejection. I would keep that person for the sales outreach team. Someone who can just DM people to say, Hey, I can help you. Right. That guy is a different uh, personality than the diligent likes numbers, likes not making mistakes type of person. So I say, Hey, cool. Come in, fill out this form. And I, I post this job application on online jobs is popular. You can post it on like Fiverr on, on, uh, on Facebook. You can put, there's like thousands of job boards. You just post that very generic post. Hey, we're looking for a virtual assistant who can help, uh, we're, who can help us. It'll be full-time. You have, we're looking for someone who's diligent, blah, blah, blah. And then if you like to apply, use this link. And the link is just the form. You can use Google, like a Google form. You don't have to be, and it's just tell us about yourself. Uh, you can have them fill out a personality test. And you're just testing, the, you know, what kind of experience do you have? And then when they fall into one big form, you just, you can see, you can ask them for their salary too. And then when you just see all that, you just organize by, you know, you just, you can shortlist the candidates, but usually about 10% of the people um, that fill it out are like, good, right? Like they're like, oh, that's good. They're reasonable. They're not $10 an hour, $50 an hour. It's just, you know, as long as they can follow instructions. And so far they're following instructions. When I find yeah. units I want to test out, I give them the recipe and I ask them to mm -hmm. videotape their screen while they do it. I, you know, I'll, I'll spend $5 to have them like set up an ad campaign. And if they can set up an ad campaign in the two hours, that usually would take me two hours and they would get to the same outcome, I'd hire them instantly. So I usually hire two or three people at the same time. And then I just say, cool. And that's uh, it. You know for example, uh, uh, for example, let me share uh, an example. Um, if I, uh, you know, have no experience to play basketball, yes. If I take this ball, uh, it doesn't matter how many times someone will tell me how to hit the ball, how to play. It takes time to get this experience. You know, it takes time to play well. So uh, I can read a hundred books how to do it without experience. It's hard. It's really hard. And I found. In paid marketing or any other other advertisement, it, it's better to have this experience because uh, it's not about setting uh, according to uh, guides or instructions uh, marketing campaign because it it, uh, it demands creativity, uh, 
experience, how what to change, uh, how to adapt to some preferences, who, how to find a buying persona. And uh, I found that uh, uh, people who have no experience, they are not productive at that. No, no, so, no, no, I agree. They don't do 100% of the work, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine there's only 160 hours in a month, right? Let, let me go back to like the recipe, right? The, the chef isn't going to know how to grow a chicken. The chef isn't mm -hmm. going to know how to plant the coconut and the herbs. They just, you just, you just be very specific. Turn the stove from zero to, to, to high or to, to medium heat. Very specific, very like a hundred percent can't be wrong. Right. If you, right. So for running ads, our campaign, We've, we do about like six to 10 uh, and we, we did one project that 99 times return on ad spend. It's, I'm not kidding. It is copy and paste, turn, press on. And then we change the ad once a day, copy, paste, same creative. I literally don't need to do anything. We just have the only, the only hard part is I right now I talk with the clients. My business partner talks with the clients because they, you can't, that can't be 100% automated, same message every time. However, you can use a framework. You can give someone a framework and that's like going outside a hotel out on the balcony and you have a rail, you have a rail. So the person can go up to the rail and like try and do stuff. But as long as they don't step over, they won't fall over. So a framework when it comes to something like that is, Hey, these are things that you should say. These are things that if they say this, you should say something like this. And it, it triggers them to react in a certain way. But no, I agree. I, I'm not hiring people to go play basketball. I'm hiring people who would say, hey, look at the numbers. If they were going to recruit people to play basketball, look at the numbers from their from their high school or from their college and recommend me the top one from every school for me to send them, you know, you know, an invite mm -hmm. to my playbooks. Because that would probably make for a good team. But mm -hmm. that's right. But yeah. they have to be very specific. And if there's 160 hours in a month they might save me all 159 hours and then I just make one, one hour of good decision work. And you, you, you meet with them, right? You send them, go out, go get everything prepared and then just bring it back and then I'll double check everything. Right. Yeah. So uh, have I think I, and then you have the workers, the manager just double yeah. checks full time. Yeah. I have the same, the same experience, you know, because in my team I have some, virtual assistance and if I have some daily routine uh, that you know doesn't demand any creativity just to add information from one field to another and yeah it's like automation when you uh, share all these details to someone else who can yeah, handle someone. the process yeah it can you know for me it's important to save my time uh, if someone can do this boring stuff, because you know it's boring for me, but I know that many people it's not boring for them. So yeah, uh, exactly. I think it depends. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, I have in my team some virtual assistants who can help me with that. So I love this experience. Uh, it's better to show the process to spend some time. I usually do it. You know, uh, it doesn't work from one time. Uh, I need to do uh, a few times you know to spend time to tell the process to show uh what to click how to click why to click <laughs> so yeah and it works i agree with that let's talk about management can you tell how you manage people especially if we are talking about outsourcing yeah so they can yeah. live in different countries uh your process of uh how to manage them 
Are are you talking more about how to run a company, or is it the yeah, recruiting, yeah. or is it the um, how to keep yeah. track of all the people, like on the operational side? Is it like higher uh, level or operational side? Uh, for example, uh, yeah, let, let me share an example. Uh, for example, um, uh, if we create a website content, I, I hire copywriters who can write the text. In most cases, even not copywriters, we hire experts you now who have proven record to write text that rank well on Google. Then uh, we have SEO specialists uh, who can create okay. tasks for these copywriters. Sure. Then we have editors who can edit sure. all this information. You're, you're not going to like my answer. But we, we, we have two blogs that we run. Um, so my business partner, Mark, uh, he scaled up uh, Jump Cut. It, it was a course, YouTube course creating company from like 100,000 a month to like now it's worth nine figures. He, he wrote a dating blog called Zerby, Z-I-R-B-Y.co. That blog went from, you know, nothing to about, I think, 13 million in organic to, to website clicks in two years. And he doesn't need a huge and fancy team to, to scale that. So the process is, again, it's just, it's like a recipe. Every, every line is a check checkbox. So even though uh, it's like all of his blog posts rank on the top for like for Tinder, you know, it's like sexy Tinder pickup lines. He was at the top for like a few years, right? And again, people see the results. But the answer that you don't like is there's one person that ha doesn't have experience. They do almost all the work. And then part of the step is cool. Make a blog post, you know, do the research, take 12 blog post ideas for the next three months, make all these blog templates using AI, right? But they're just clicking. They're just clicking, getting it all set up. And then the last step is hand to a writer, delegate to a writer, follow up with the writer, make sure they get paid and then as long as you have that done, like he just, he churns out content like nonstop for his block. He has other blocks too, but like he just churns out content all the time. But the, the key thing is having a process that someone follows a hundred percent and date. And if there is no process, but you do have someone skilled or someone, you know, that can help build that recipe out. Right. Like there, there is that research and development phase of operations where, you know, I'm working with another company. They have this fantastic marketing product. Like they do blog posts for for uh, uh, people that do NFT projects, and they they got they raised five million dollars for one project with five blog posts. The way that they did it was fun and creative. It was like a story. I was like, okay, awesome. But they had to figure out how they can scale it. Like, okay, well, I don't want to do all the work. I need to figure out how I can teach someone how to do it. So. If there are very specific steps that take maybe one or two hours, video, video record all of that, or you, if it's a lot of clicking, just sit down and build out that recipe. You, there's a free app called tango.us, free browser extension. It will record your screen, and then as you click around, it will log all of that, take a screenshot of the page, and, and say, click here, step one. Type this in, step two, and it will do all of that. It'll save someone maybe most of their time. And then you just have to go through and say, cool, this is step one of my full process. There's 10 steps. And then they just they just have to make that playbook. They have to have an actual playbook. But once you have that, give that, delegate that to a person. Um, and then have one, you could be the 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 the, the main per, you know, the, the owner, or it could be another person if they need if they need to, but just have a person double check that person's at 
work at the end of the day. So I have uh, a new manager that, that I hired and all they do is they double check all the, the people on the sales team that DM and reach out to other NFT founders and crypto founders through Telegram and Twitter and Discord. And they just say, hey, you've been following. It's just one process. Just keep it, just keep it simple. They are going to be really good at getting us money, getting us clients. How many people did, how many people booked an appointment? They'll say three, four, you know, two, whatever. Their goal is to bring in at least two a day, right? You give someone a process that you know would work. That's exactly what you would do. If you lost all of your memory, you could just be like, well, I know this works, right? And then that process would work, right? You give that to a person. You, you train them using the application process. You vet them. They follow the recipe. Cool. That's the only thing you're going to do. You're going you're gonna to be hanging out with the team. Culture is important. We have these weekly meetings. We get to hang out. We play video games together. We, we buy each other books. Cool. But this is the main process. When you have a team that you want to scale up, or if you have one worker doing one thing, or if you want to complicate things, I align every single thing everyone does to a high-level um, KPI, a high-level role, a high-level a, a high um, number that the whole team is rowing the boat in the same direction to get to. So if our company goal is to get $100,000 more uh, in revenue, that's the, if that's the objective, the key result is, okay, we have to have five people uh, that are each booking two appointments a day. And then the sales closers, right? I have a sales closing team. We're using the Alex Hermosi sales management framework, which is on YouTube. It's awesome. But like we're meeting, uh, we've been meeting like every day at 11 o'clock just in like a metaverse networking app. And we, we train the sales team every day. And those people, a recipe is, you know, it is a skill, but we train them every single day, every single day for one hour, sometimes 90 minutes. We practice a script. We practice how to reach out to a client who is on the, like a call like, like, you know, Google me, but we practice every single day using a framework of cool. Everyone who is following the process, you are recording your calls and we are going to share them on this daily meeting. Right. It's still, it's still a recipe on like what they should do, but this, this meeting trains them up so they can close. So when you have all this together, you have people coming in and if someone's not hitting their number, I have to find someone else. If a salesperson is not at 20%, they don't get the leads. They have to go get better. They have to meet with me more, but they're not going to get leads. But if they're trying and they can do a good job, they get on the leads. And then that's how the top level goal, everyone sees the top level goal in everyone's personal number every day, right? Mm -hmm. Even the virtual assistants and the other people on the team, everyone's rowing in the same direction. And then when there's someone that's like, oh, I'm going to do something else. It's like, I can't support that. I can't justify the you know, paying you when it's not working towards the revenue. Like I can't pay you. So everyone's working together. There's no, like, I don't force my team. I say, dude, if you get two, if you get two appointments a day, you can work with me for as long as you want. If the sales guy is closing at 20%, he can stay here as long as they want. I'll get them bonuses. But if I have a, a goal of, you know, if a person can set four appointments, I'll pay them double. It incentivizes yeah. them. If they show up and get twice as many people show up on the call, I'll pay them. I don't pay anyone hourly. I'd pay no one hourly. It's all based on value. It's all based on performance. If someone is very skilled and is worth $100 an hour doing sales, cool. 
if you are that good, it sounds like you're going to be making a ton of money together for the, for the organization. If someone's really, really good at running blogs and say, yeah, I can get you a ton of clients. Cool. I'll give you 20, 30% commission off of everything. Cause if you are good as, as you say you are, you'll make way more money than hundred dollars an hour. So I, I find that freelancers that charge hundred just want to have someone buy their time. I don't want to buy time. I want to make sure that everyone is taken care of. I want to take care of my people. I want to make sure that they have job security. And I want to make sure that they all become co-owners in this organization. Cause I don't run a company as a, you know, top down, I own everything. I give all my employees equity. There's a mm-hmm. framework called slicing pie. I give everyone dynamic equity. And then once you, if you give a worker like 0.001% equity, they go from being a worker to, Hey, I have ideas. I want to try this out. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Go for it. Nice. Love it. Love it. Okay. You mentioned about, uh, NFT. Let's talk more about that because, you know, uh, for example, I found, uh, NFT is, uh, you know, this topic is overwhelmed and overpriced. I mean, like, uh, we have huge competition, uh, on this topic. Uh, for example, Gary Vee, many others, you know, yeah. they can, uh, cool. I've met them a few times. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Cool. Uh, can you tell about creating the right strategy? Because you get traffic, uh, by, uh, uh, posting content on your blog or a few blogs. Sure. Uh, and uh, can you tell how to create the right strategy? Sure. Yeah. So uh, have you have you spoken with people who have done NFT marketing or crypto marketing on this podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a few, a few people, but, uh, you know, in most cases, uh, you know, they market uh, yeah. some NFT projects. Yeah. yeah. No, not it, create. The, the whole atmosphere of like NFTs and crypto marketing, more specifically NFT marketing, it's kind of like when Google first became a thing, like mm-hmm. 20 years ago, no one had any idea what they were doing, mm-hmm. right? You go to a website, you check their like SEO, there's zero, zero on like almost all the websites, even the very well-funded projects, there is no SEO at all, zero. Like you, if, you know, if you type in, you go to a website, you type in slash robots.txt. So if you type in like, you know, like if you go see the robots text, which is the file that formally tells Google what to do or, you know, before they get on the website to like understand it, a lot of the websites are broken. They don't have that file. They'll say, oh, file not found, right? It's like, it's so common. And the reason for it is most NFT founders are first time business owners that just want to get rich quick. So you have this lack of skills, this lack of professionalism all across the NFT space. There are people that want to, that do NFT marketing and podcasts that just get on TikTok and then like within like a few weeks, they have a following and they're just, they have no skill. They have, they don't really have, they just have, I bought this project and I made money. You should listen to me. That's not professionalism. That's not expertise. That's just, I have more experience. And NFTs just started becoming popular in the last two years. So I've been in, I've been in NFTs from that time and coming from a place of already having 14, 15 years of marketing experience. It's kind of like playing basketball, but all the kids are in kindergarten. And then you're just like, what you guys aren't even doing anything. You guys aren't even collecting any emails or phone numbers or any leads. You're just blasting out messages. Okay. The next stage is to convert them to make them a lead, right? Oh, I want to buy your project. Cool. Um, just follow me on Twitter and I'll tell you when to buy. Okay. That's not as efficient as, hey, give me your phone number. I'll text you. I get nine times more people to buy a product, to buy an NFT. Nine times more when I ask them, give me your phone number. 
I'm not kidding. We minted this project called Waifu House. We, Waifu House throws parties in Miami's now, but we collected phone numbers and emails. Compared to the other projects that we do, five times more people buy an NFT project when you have when you send up an email. Most people, most founders don't even know that they should be doing that. They don't even they don't even have that expert that marketing experience to say, yeah, you know, maybe we should get their contact info. No, they just collect their Twitter and they get them to join their Discord and then they pray that they remember, right? And that's what the consumer does. The, the buyers, they, they, they join hundreds of these lists to buy an NFT project on the day it launches, right? They don't just, it's not like you, they sell the NFT uh, over time. It's like it, it should, the ideal goal is everyone shows up and then they mint out and they sell out of all the NFTs in one hour. And then that's it. They don't have to do anything, right? That's the ideal goal for the founder, but they're not planning on doing that. They're, they're running around, they're doing, they're trying 10,000 different things, just like how a new business owner in any niche would do. They would try networking. They'll try doing ads themselves and fail. They'll try and do, you know, you know, doing promo, uh, you know, they'll try going door to door. I, I don't know. They'll try, you know, just all the things because they don't have the experience of knowing what works and, having 15 years of just like basic, you know, clients, you know, marketing experience and all that. I'm just like, it, it is it, I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm hiring a lot of sales guys and they're networking. And every time they bring a, a client in front, they're like, this is so refreshing. We've never ran ads. It's like, it's the missing piece. Like we guarantee return on, on a campaign and no other agency, even, even the NFT agencies in the space have no guarantees. They're like, yeah, you know, you, you could lose money. And I'm like, dude, we're so confident. We give people, like, we guarantee they'll get at least three times return on ad spend when they spend, like, when they work with my agency. It's called Engage, right? Engage XYZ. But they're just like, dude, no one else offers guarantees. No one else can run ads. I'm like, yes, because we have a relationship with the platforms. Like, we have a relationship with Twitter. You know, I can send them an email and say, hey, we want to run this account and spend $50,000. They're going to say, cool, fill up the, you know, do, do your thing. Thanks, right? But 17-year-old kids that want to make a million dollars, but they do have the money, like they probably sold a lot of crypto and they have the money, don't have the experience. They don't have the recipes. They don't have the frameworks. They just see whatever else is doing and cop kind of copy what they're doing. And that's true of like every niche of every you know gold rush area. And like really, you know, it's kind of it's kind of sad, but nice. We're here to help fund the important projects, the projects that are building good things, fun things, things that are useful. Got it, got it. Okay, Jeff, uh, I have the question, for example, uh, let's imagine you have no experience, knowledge, skills, anything. Uh, but you mentioned you need to have experience. Can you tell how to get this experience? For example, if you started from scratch, what would you do to get this experience uh, to grow your agency or win on any trade? Yeah. So I, I suppose this person is probably very young, right? They have the whole world in front of them. So the question of how can a person not always, you know, sometimes yeah, adult it, it people <laughs> need it. They want to start, you know, they want to quit their job and run their own yeah. company. Um, you you need to have at least one skill, right? Uh, if you have zero skills, like just like you don't even have any technical stuff, you can go buy a course for twelve dollars on Udemy. Just like look up whatever course, whatever course makes sense to you. I'm not going to tell you what skill you need to learn, but like running a business, you need to have like hundreds of skills. You have to be the best, uh, you know, you have to have a good amount of knowledge. I won't say best. You have to have a good amount of knowledge 
to be able to see what the problems are. And it's a struggle. An entrepreneur is not going to get their, you know, their, their results by taking a course. They have to learn how to get a client, right? They have to learn how to leverage it. They have to have a product idea and they have to learn branding and marketing. They also have to understand financials and accounting. They also, uh, you know, if they want to scale, they have to understand recruiting and operations. But if they just want to get their first experience, just figure out how to run ads, figure out how to do sales, whatever, like I said, that characteristic that individual has, pick up a skill and just follow where the money is. So if someone wants to do something completely different, if they're working a nine to five and they have none of those skills can translate into like entrepreneurship or, or whatever, just figure out a skill that people that they know that they can sell or that is valuable. That could be worth a hundred dollars an hour and figure out what that skill is and then productize an offer to that. Like have an actual offer to it. Um, <clears throat> I, I read Alex Ramosi's content a lot, like the hundred million dollar offers. I would suggest to a person, figure that out, figure out how you can package an offer together. Like, for example, I tell people, Hey, you know, you know, we cost $30,000, but if you don't three times your money in 90 days, you get all of it back. And then people go by running ads. That makes sense. Right. Because I have the skills to run ads, to scale that, to do that. So if someone is, likes writing content, they could write blog posts. If someone wants to learn how to run ads for, for if they have an affinity or their parents were dentists or they have friends that have a business, they can say, Hey, you know, can I try doing this for you guys? So if they get the skill, just like one skill and just become really good at it, a course for $12 over like a few weeks, will teach them to be pretty good. They will get a recipe for that process. Just take the top rated course for whatever niche. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. And then just ask people to work for free, get three case studies, just get three case studies, put them on a Google doc. And then say, and then just figure out how to talk to the next person and say, Hey, you know, I, I spent two hours, you know, a day and I made these guys $10,000 more money. Are you guys willing for, you know, to do this? And then they'll say, Mm -hmm. yeah, you've done this three times in a row. How much does it cost? Yeah. (laughs) You just go off of value. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about uh, the future. Uh, can you forecast the future? What future will be? You know, uh, in agency field uh, and uh, especially about NFT. You know, I'm interested about that. So you, you can uh, take two directions. For example, if someone um, is going to launch uh, an agency, uh, and uh, what about NFT? Because I'm interested about this topic as well. Because uh, I see different predictions. Someone uh shares that it will be dead for uh, gary we can tell no way you know uh the nft you can buy some stuff in virtual reality your thoughts about the future sure um the, the volume on OpenSea, the nft trading platform is down like 99 99 time 99 percent right which means like it's it's really it's down by like a hundredfold um we're still launching projects and getting six X return on ad spend. Um, so the people that are around right now, they're either, you know, people that are very serious about it or they are people that are gambling, you know, they degenerates and they just want to buy whatever. But a lot of people miss, uh, interpret what NFTs are and they think it's just like a, a, a picture. And I invite you and invite people to think about, what is an NFT? Does an NFT have any value if it doesn't have any picture? And most people can't 
can't understand that. They're like, what do you mean? Of course, it's useless. I don't get it. So if a person can understand that it's it's not just, it's not a picture, it's a database. An NFT is just a transferable database. And the most simplest way to show that it's a database is you, is you just have one line of code on that database that says, this is a picture. This represents the picture. But you can have that database represent, for example, I'm playing with this, the agency, agency is working with this GameFi company that, you know, that is basically building like Clash of Clans. You're familiar with, with that. They're building Clash of Clans, but in crypto. And people can play the game, level up their character, and then they get paid in tokens. But if they don't have the time to play it, they could lease that to someone else for someone else to play, right? It's called play to earn, right? And there's projects that have made billions of dollars, two or three billions of dollars for its players because there's demand for this and then people get to play it. That trend is going to what is going to be the most popular thing in the next, you know, within the three or four or five years. People using these NFTs for access to earn passive income for some sort of game, right? Uh, and all these things. Um, <clears throat> I wrote this white paper about, you know, the, the, the path to this. Like, so I have a private equity that invests in GameFi projects, right? We have about, you know, I'm, I'm running this guild that has that, you know, bought $10 million worth of NFTs for this game and another guild that has about $400 worth of, of valuation. And they play games and then we earn a passive income. Even though the market is down, we're still making passive income. And it's enough for me to, you know, spend all my time going on podcasts, helping other entrepreneurs. And I don't build for my time. I just build because it's fun. But the, the, this is when the market's down hundred, you know, 99%, right? People are still building. There's still tools. There's still games that are being developed and they're, they're they used, the, the games used to be boring, right? The apps used to be kind of useless or just like, you know, whatever. And now people are like getting ready to launch it or people have games that they're launching and it's like, cool. We're earning, you know, we're earning passive income because people are borrowing these games to play and then they split the tokens that they get and they're using the tokens to level up their characters more or build their base more. And it's fun. Like they're playing a game and they have to have real resources, right? And they can't, you know, game the system that way. But like <clears throat> there's, there's a lot of direction um, and a lot of leadership within NFTs where it's like, it's not just going to be just a picture and like a little community. No, it's going to be a lot of gaming and a lot of um, networking that comes with that. But right now people are still making a lot of money and it's not the 99 times return on ad spend that it was a few months ago, but it's, it's enough for us. It's, it's enough for a project to get that. And then they can build the project that they want to sustain the, you know, the future that they want. And they, they we get to build the future of web three together. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Uh, Jack, uh, I have the final question. Can you tell uh, common mistakes that uh, marketers, uh, people still do uh, from your experience and uh, your uh, any uh, advice how to avoid mistakes during the way? Oh, sure. I mean, mistakes are going to happen. So if someone's new or someone running an agency, mistakes are going to happen. The only thing is how much did that mistake cost you? And are you going to learn from it? Right. It's kind of like yeah. you can apply that to sales too. You get a client that has a budget of 50,000, but you lose the deal. Are you going to forget how to get that person? Like, are you going to practice? Because that cost you 50,000. That's like paying tuition. And the tuition was $50,000. 
because you didn't you, you like you missed to sh you missed like a, a question or you forgot like but did are you gonna go back and be like I, I don't want to waste another fifty thousand if you do make a mistake learn from it if it's the second time you make the mistake you better it's like come on right so what I do if I come across a really big mistake that's that costs a lot which I've made right I've had angry clients before every agency should have will get angry clients because it's part of the process or like they might mess up technically or they might have some accounting thing or they might have you know a recruiting thing or a leadership or partnership thing that just comes with experience but you better learn from it and say the next time i come across it this is what i'll do what i what what i do is i reflect on almost every part about a business every 3 months so <clears throat> i write out kind of like how you might see like a schematic for an engine and i say this is where the leads come in this is where the, the value gets delivered. You know, this is where the leads come in. This is how we get the leads. This is how we convert them into sales. This is how we deliver on the value. And this is the, the, the backend engine, you know, to keep everything running, like the office and the finance and the payroll and the cool. And I just look at that as like, was there any problems in the last three months? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if there's any problem that comes up every week, we discuss it as a team ASAP. So, yeah. You know, uh, for me, it's hard to count how many times I made mistakes a lot, you know, and I keep doing them. <laughs> so, but, you know, I found that it's hard to go ahead without testing, without uh, uh, searching for something that actually works. Because, you know, if you use generic methods, you need to adapt them uh, to your sure. preferences. And it's the way, as you mentioned, it's the part of the process. Uh, I remember when Elon Musk uh, said, that if you don't make mistakes, you are not innovative enough. So yeah, <laughs> the, the, that's why we do. And yeah, uh, we are looking for ways how, of course, to avoid them. But uh, sometimes we need them to learn mm -hmm. how to go ahead and improve what we have. Yeah, uh, Jake, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow sure. you. Sure, all you have to do is Google me. Just, I think my name's like right here. Just Google that name. Just look up Jake Goss plus crypto. If you want to learn more about me with crypto, you can look up Jake Goss plus blogging. Look up Jake Goss plus contact, and then you can just contact me. Like I'm all over. Like I said, nice, I've been doing nice. this for a long time. So if they need <laughs> help, if they have an NFT project that they want to scale, or if they have an agency that they're struggling with, um, they can always have a nice and friendly conversation with me. Okay, guys, you can find uh, the link in the description below, so you can Google or you can open the links in the description. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Welcome back anytime, you know, to share more value. I love it. You know, I've learned a little bit. I think that my audience can learn a lot, you know. So, yeah, I'm going to test some uh, of your uh, methods. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Especially I, I'll, I'll send you all the templates. Like I said, I have files. I can just send you the files. Just let me know what nice. you need, whatever you're working on, and I'll just copy. I'll, I can just copy and paste the recipe. It's not hard. Yeah, I'm interested about let me know exactly what you want. Yeah, uh, you know, I can uh, attach this file, you know, uh, to the description. Uh, yeah, it will be great, you know, to learn about uh, outsourcing. You know, when you outsource people, and yeah, when you uh, provide them instructions how mm, to go ahead, what to stop. Yeah, it will be great. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Okay. Right. Yeah, big pleasure. Okay, guys. Love you. See you.
Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.